0: Scott for Scotts here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder, Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn, feed it. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host Paladino Joey or Joey Awijan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher and Double Twist. Thank you once again and always for joining me today. It is Christmas Eve morning at least in this case. Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas, and those of you that don't support Christ or don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays to you as well. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. In those cases, God bless all of you that uh well, you know, celebrate something, I suppose, but uh Merry Christmas. I'm a uh, I'm on the Christmas side in a big way, so big big supporter of Christmas. I don't want to get too high and mighty at this moment about that because well, <laughs> For those of you that might be new fans to Minnesota Viking football, well, yeah, well, <laughs> Vikings Packers, uh, Monday night, Kirk Cousins on Monday night, primetime, you know, we, we had some success in primetime earlier, but Monday night still, well, it is what it is, and uh, welcome to Vikings football, yeah, welcome to Vikings football, a game you should win, a game you feel you should win anyway. All the momentum's on our side. Everything went the Vikings' way on the weekend, so they say. Maybe we could get the fifth seed. We get to beat up on Dallas or Philadelphia in the first round and see what happens. Just ride the momentum train. Away we go, and then and then and then this happens: twenty-three to ten versus the Green Bay Packers. And believe me, the score felt a lot worse in that second half. I mean, you know, I'm not coming up here to be sarcastic and be a jackass, but do you blame me if I am? Do I blame you if you are? No. Welcome to Vikings football. I mean, everything's pointing in the right direction. And it's like a frying pan being smushed right on the top of your head. Just BOOM! That's basically what it's like. And it just happens so many times. You get your hopes up. You're ready to go. All the momentum's on your side, which I've already said 15 times now probably. Well, maybe 15,000 times because it feels like it happens every year at some point, I mean, okay, you know, yeah, well, you know, maybe you lose the f- a first couple games, you win a couple in a row, and then, then there's, yeah, well, you get the idea, it's usually later in the season, though, usually, and it's not like Rodgers played that great, he completed some passes that he needed to, didn't complete a single touchdown pass, though there was a couple passes that were dropped, like easy ones, others were just angled poorly, I mean, there was a play that Aaron Rodgers made, looked like a sure touchdown but it was, it was moments like that that you thought, okay, we're going to be fine. I mean, our offense is sputtering. And then it's like, no, our offense isn't sputtering. It's flat-out sucking. I mean, flat-out sucking. We're talking like one first down, two first downs in the first half. You just sit in there like, okay, are we going to get a first down? But then you get all these breaks, the fumbles, the interception, that the gimme interception that Rogers threw, which is like, never. He never does that. Give me interceptions. Give me fumbles. Right out of the gate. You're at the you're, you're first in goal to open the game because of a fumble by Jones, who ended up playing a little better later in the game. Yes, <laughs> especially with the linebacker's injuries mounting. Vikings' run defense suddenly took a complete dump into the wrong direction into the second half. <sighs> oh, my. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you're right on the goal line. You can't do jack squat. You try to get too cued here and there. Like, we are. we're just... Every time... You think things are going to go right. We start to get cute and get stupid, and nothing happens. Just nothing happens, and you end up punting a 23-yarder. Well, or kicking a 23-yard field goal, pardon me. That's nice. We took the lead, but okay, that's four points completely up in smoke, and it just continued, and it continued the whole game. Gimme after gimme. You end up getting nowhere. Uh, And, of course, the, the fumble by, or the interception by Aaron Rodgers, you end up getting nowhere. You get down to third down. It looks like a great play, potentially, a reverse play. Stephon Diggs has the ball. All of a sudden, is he going to run? And he's going to throw it at Kirk Cousins, and he overthrew him. That's great. So then we go for it on fourth down uh, from far away. And I don't know. And we get nothing out of that. That was a terrible play. Uh, You know, just get the first down, you know. Stop trying to look for a miracle play, basically a Hail Mary, stuff like that. The play calling made a whole lot of no sense in this game. And the offensive line protection. Can I say it? Can I sum it up in four Ps? Piss poor pass protection. It it was piss poor pass protection. Oh my. A, a, a rare free agency acquisition by Green Bay in the offseason. You know, they wanted to focus on defense and well, they focused on defense alright. A, a guy by the name of Zadarius Smith looked like John Randall in his prime or looked like Khalil Mack actually. Yeah, looked a lot like Khalil Mack just not quite the same number. Pass rushing linebacker. He was pass rushing all right. Nobody was checking him. Nobody was getting to him. Anytime he went to the side, uh, the, the left side or whatever that you would call it, it would be right side in his case. Yeah, right side. <laughs> left side for us. Kirk Cousins was getting blindsided by his Smith. He won up with three and a half sacks in the game. The pressure just continued the entire night. Um every time you think Riley Reef is hanging is hanging in there, he's not. He's not hanging in there. I'd rather have I'd rather have Rashad Hill in there. I would rather have Rashad Hill at left tackle at this point. I'm tired of Riley Reef. Uh he's got to go at the end of the season. Unfortunately, God bless him, but he's not he's not a serious left tackle anymore. I mean, there's just always something with him. Like he's he's being banged up, you know, there's some mysterious injury or whatever it is, or he just can't keep up with somebody. And in this game, might have been all the above. He certainly couldn't keep up with him, uh Zadarius so Smith. And I get it. Your hands are full and blah blah blah, but somebody's got to check that guy. I mean, come on. And it just wasn't happening. Kirk Cousins looked lost the entire game and anytime there's any type of pass rush coming at him, it's like the same old thing. Uh, he looked just like he did pretty much in the in, in Lambo Field. Like inaccurate passes. Other than the great play to Stephon Diggs. Other than that, when things looked all great and we felt all happy, we felt freaking awesome, frankly, after that play. Uh we're up ten to three, but it's like still it's only ten to three. It's not like we're blowing them out, but again, they kept turning the ball over to Green Bay and Minnesota kept doing a whole lot of nothing. I mean, Green Bay was turning the ball over in that first half, and we were not capitalizing. Felt like a deeper pass than it was to Stefan Diggs, but it was a beauty, 21-yarder. Next thing you know, Green Bay's getting what they're getting, and it's a one-point game, and the second half happened. And boy, did it happen. I mean, it, it happened, and the injuries started to pile up. Kendricks wasn't available. Anthony Barr got hurt you're out there with three linebackers, you know, that, well, I mean, you know, they're not exactly household names. God bless Kentrell Brothers. God bless Wilson, Eric Wilson and all that. But I mean, <laughs> it just wasn't a good feeling at all. I mean, I love Kentrell Brothers, but he's not that great. You know, he's he's okay. He's more of a, you know, special teams linebacker. I thought he'd be a little better than this, but I don't know. I mean, Green Bay out-schemed, out-coached the Vikings throughout the game. I I truly believe that. It was Aaron Rodgers, who is past his prime. He was not making the plays he was making in the past. Like, that play to to Avante Adams, when he thought, oh, Avante needs to bring that in, but no, the ball was angled away from him uh, a bit. It just missed. It just missed. That's why Rodgers wasn't mad. He would look disappointed in himself, kind of like, oh, hmm. (laughs) Like that. So, I don't know. I just thought the Vikings were out-schemed throughout the game. Two punts that made no sense. One of them, at the end, basically was like, okay, the game's over, screw it, we'll punt and the game's over. But the other one, fourth and one, still plenty of time in the game, and you're not down by much. And, you know, you're trying to get the off... uh, You're trying to get the offsides, blah, 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 the hard count. And then you blow a timeout in in the second half, which is inexcusable. Why not just... You know, I mean, either just punt it or just go for it. And you probably should just go for it on fourth and one. It was in the midfield there. Vikings 45 could be worse. You can probably get it, maybe. Either just, but if you're not confident in what your team is going to do, punt the bleeping ball. Just just punt the bleeping ball or <laughs> punt the bleeping ball there, which again, which is a weak thing. You've got to think you're going to go for it. That would be my first choice. So you either say, A, punt the ball, B, Okay, no, pardon me. A, go for it. B, punt the ball. C, go for the hard count, blow a timeout, and then punt the ball. Well, they chose C. <laughs> That's genius stuff. Uh, I would have picked A, go for it. Pray pray for the best there. God forbid. I mean, it's just one bleeping yard. you got to hope you can get something. Maybe Amir Abdullah with that little speed. I don't know. He's not powerful, but he's quick. Or Boone can power his way through. That's right. I'd probably have a little more confidence. Or you do a quarterback sneak bit if you can hang on to the ball. And uh, there you go, if you can hang on to the ball, right? Because <laughs> it's Monday night football with Kirk Cousins. not the same as uh, anything else, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to that in about 10 seconds here. Um, but no, I mean, they chose C, and it made little to no sense. McKinsey Alexander, I thought, had a pretty good game. I thought he had a pretty good game. Anthony Harris added his sixth interception of the year. That was the one that was, the, again, the Aaron Rodgers interception. Anthony Harris deserves recognition. He really does. He's been unbelievable. Put it this way, I'd rather have him than Anderson Deo, And we have Anderson Deo now because we gave up on uh, the young man, Marcus Epps, already. Good luck with Philadelphia. I got a feeling. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing this up. I got a feeling he's going to emerge one of these days. You know, maybe not this season, but next year or the year after. He's going to emerge as a pretty good player. It's. I, I saw it, man. I saw it. Go ahead and say it's just Wyoming, but I saw it. I'm telling you, there, I, I saw a player in that guy. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, mm. McKenzie Alexander, though, I thought played very solid in the game. Not perfect, obviously, but I thought very good. Knocked away some potential touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers. Good, strong defense. And obviously had to make a lot of tackles as well, which, you know, it is what it is. You know, those the tackle numbers were high because uh, he's in the right spot, and that was good and everything and helpful. Vikings defense was good for a long time and eventually it broke. Xavier Rhodes was not terrible. He was not great but he certainly wasn't terrible in the game. One of his better games actually in quite a while. Anthony Barr was very solid. Again, forcing the fumble very early in the game at the beginning basically. Later on was hurt in the fourth quarter. That stunk and that's when you saw Aaron Jones just literally run right through it was the next play. Right after Anthony Barr was helped off the field. Aaron Jones literally ran right through us. It was nothing. He just ran, and that was all, you know. (laughs) Very depressing. 56 yards to pay dirt. Aaron Jones wound up with 154 yards on the ground. This just kind of felt like Seattle a little bit. But, uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers did not play as well as uh, (laughs) Russell Wilson. Mm. Mm. (sighs) Golden opportunity in this game. Golden opportunities handed to us on a silver platter. And we said, nah, it's okay. That's okay. I'll pass. I'm okay. I'm 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 not feeling it tonight. Let's just take a field goal or end up punting away or whatever the heck it was.
1: <sighs>
0: or throwing a bullcrap interception along the way as well, which Kirk Cousins did do. His first interception on a play action because it's been, you know, it's been, oh, what, 138 attempts at play actions just he threw an interception. So commendable, commendable, but I don't know, you know. How about that happens in a meaningless game when you're up by like 15 points, 20 points, I guess Miami or the Jets or, you know, whatever. Uh, Philadelphia when we were when when we were blowing them out. Detroit when we were blowing them out earlier in the season. How about it happens then instead of this? This this moment where we needed a play. It needed a big play. And it just wasn't meant to be. And my goodness. Shall we get to Kirk Cousins now? 16 of 31. Just over 50%, which is raunchy in this day and age. 122 yards. 122 yards. He did get the touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. Yes, 58 58.8 quarterback rating. He was sacked five times. Okay, Zadarius so Smith was fantastic. Vikings could sure use a guy like that. A pass-rushing linebacker. We'd like to see Anthony Barr do that more, but they just don't use him that way. They, they just don't, and I don't know. We just don't use him that way. Another stat that I think does uh, garner some recognition. Eight punts. Eight punts. Eight punts by Gold, Britton Colquitt. I don't, I don't think I'll ever stop calling him Quinton Colquitt. I don't know why. But, Britton Colquitt. Eight punts. Again, I think he's one of the better punters in the league, of course. No touchbacks all year. So, we'll probably cut him and, and, and uh, pick up somebody in the fifth round or sixth round that we never heard of or sign somebody like third string punter from the Pittsburgh Steelers that no one's ever heard of and he's not good. Just like we did a couple of years ago with the uh, former Arizona uh, punter. That was dumb. Hopefully we don't do that again. Uh, But no, the Green Bay defense, this is the best Packer defense since the early to mid-90s, easily, Uh, since uh, Reggie White was there. This is easily the best Packer defense because, see, in 2000, excuse me, 1996, yes, I'm that old. 96 is not that long ago. But uh, yeah, 1996, the Packers defense was pretty damn good, and you had the best quarterback in the league. You had a pretty good running game. You had some pretty good receivers, blah 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 blah. You had the Chewy, Chamura, all them good guys. Well, not good guys, but annoying guys. Annoying for us, but good for Green Bay. Very solid defense that started to uh, fall apart when Randy Moss toasted them. That's when they got exposed in '98. A couple years later, but it was a good defense in the early '90s. Again, dropped off in the late '90s. You get all those uh, cornerbacks in 1999, so you get a good, good, solid secondary, but still. By the late 2000s when they won the Super Bowl again, that defense was horrendous. And they've been bad most of Aaron Rodgers' career. But then now, this is easily, you know, this is a Zimmer-like defense. Like Zimmer, like good Zimmer defense. Like 2017, 2015 type defense here. This is a legitimate, solid defense by the Green Bay Packers. So, very commendable. very You know, I mean, I'm not going to trash them. But at the same time, I am going to I am gonna rag on this offensive line because, I mean, no protection. Piss poor pass protection. And the run blocking wasn't there either. Uh, you know, I mean, last week, Mike Boone was able to power his way through on occasion. And the Chargers look like a team that doesn't belong in the NFL right now. I mean, they have just given up. So I feel sorry for Anthony Lynn. Chances are he'll keep his job because he's a decent coach, but I don't know, the Los Angeles Chargers. I actually called them the correct name. <laughs> God. Uh, but a good solid defense by Green Bay Aaron Rodgers is still, you know, clutch he'll still get the third downs he needs he's not throwing this, the the insanely good touchdown passes he was though occasionally he will but it's mostly those bleeping third down plays when you think he got them beat and then boom, he throws a bullet and next thing you know it's 17 yards later and Green Bay's moving the chains frustrating as hell and that's just kind of all they needed at times that's all they've needed in That second half was just awful. Vikings couldn't do anything. And the Vikings defense, again, started to break. It was, you know, started to break. Pen but don't break. We ended up forcing turnovers. Miraculously forcing the Packers to punt because we actually got a couple sacks in the game, which was nice. Onanigbo getting his sixth sack of the year. Good for him. He's been picking it up. He really has been a solid uh, defensive tackle for Minnesota this season. Really appreciate what he's brought Daniel Hunter adding to the list, just adding to the list, added another stack in the game. Love him. and I don't know who couldn't. Steven Weatherly, also awesome as well uh, at times. Again, he still deflects and passes and such, but he, he didn't in this particular game. But um, Vikings defense, I thought, was good enough, generally speaking, until the doggone linebacker situation just was completely destroyed. A complete, uh, completely a shambles. I mean, what, what are you going to do? And that's why uh, Aaron Jones dominated, particularly in that second half. And Green Bay dominated the possession of the ball. And the Vikings didn't score a point in the second half. Because Kirk Cousins was on his back. Or was throwing the ball away because he had to. Or was was throwing inaccurate passes. Or the play calling was bullcrap. Or whatever. All the above. Z. All the above. We'll just say Z. All the above. That's kind of what it was. It was just all the above. Just another situation where Green Bay comes in town, and it's clearly not our year, uh, in terms of winning the NFC North, anyway. Just even like like 2015, Vikings were good enough to still win the NFC North after the Packers throttled us in uh, TCF Bank Stadium. That was devastating. Vikings still won the division that year. That was pretty cool. But um, this year, boy, well, it's the first win for Aaron Rodgers in U.S. Bank Stadium, and boy, did it happen. And so far, Le Fleur is 2-0 against the Minnesota Vikings. Doesn't that feel good? Don't you feel warm and fuzzy? Yet another holiday, holiday game or holiday week. In this case, Christmas Eve, almost Christmas Eve, Halloween, Thanksgiving. So many years the Vikings have taken our our holiday weeks and uh, <laughs> and done and done this. You know, utterly disappointed us. A game we need so badly, or a game that you'd think should be an automatic win when San Francisco was terrible. Games like that, Halloween, they kill us. Or Chicago was below average, and they and they beat us uh, a couple years ago. That was frustrating as hell. Detroit beating us in any form. Detroit, anytime you're losing to Detroit, you get really frustrated on Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is going to be Detroit most of the time. Maybe Dallas sometimes. But uh, Christmas always ends up being Green Bay. It always does. It always. It, it's always Green Bay <laughs> because we always play in the Packers the second last week of the season. Right on around Christmas time, and a lot of you are putting in your Super Bowl lineups for fantasy football or Third, third place game or fifth place the game or whatever it is, but um, I don't know. A lot of the frustrations we saw about Kirk Cousins, and a lot of the frustrations we saw about the offensive line, and all the frustrations we saw about the poor play calling, and all the frustrations we saw about strange decisions by Mike Zimmer, strange decisions by Mike Zimmer when it's his you know final call on this or that punt or or whatever it is, go for it. They all reared their ugly head once again in this game. And, well, we're going to the playoffs. (laughs) We're going to the playoffs. We're going to be the sixth seed now. That's pretty much in stone, I would have to say. (laughs) I'd say that's pretty much in stone. NFC North is gone. It's gone. They're the kings of the north again, Green Bay. Uh, (laughs) I didn't miss it, boy. I really did not miss seeing that happen. But they're the kings of the north again. And mm, mm. it sucks. It sucks. It's just being honest about the situation what what more is there to say that hasn't been said? I mean, Adam Thielen, I mean, he had a gimme play. There was a gimme play to him. I thought he should have brought in. A lot of people thought there was pass interference. Regardless, it was right in his hands, right on his chest, Adam Thielen. He should have brought that in. That was another play in the game that the Vikings had a golden opportunity. They ended up having to punt right after that. It was a big play. But the whole time in that first half, he thought, oh, the Vikings will be fine. Green Bay offense is sputtering. But then, you know, the defense players got injured, and the offense just continued to get worse. That's how devastating this was. I mean, you thought, the whole first half, you thought the Vikings would be absolutely fine, and then the second half, they just weren't. They just absolutely weren't fine. And well, that's the story of the game. It truly is. Once Green Bay went up by seven, I just had this crappy feeling like, here we go. You know, they're obviously they got the touchdown, which put them up by, uh, by five. So they figure, again, go for two and the way they got that so easily. I just got this pit in my stomach like, here we go. I got this horrible feeling we're not going to win this game because it was finally dawning on me just how horrible the offense was playing, just how bad and accurate Kirk Cousins was and how unable he was to even throw the ball most of the time. A lot of his incomplete passes were throwaways because there was no time. No time. It was a team effort when it came to the offense. You know, it's a total team effort, like a great game. You know, the running back was good. The You know, he was finding the holes. He was patient. The offensive line protection and the run blocking was great. The pass blocking was great. The receivers are catching the ball. The quarterback was accurate. They were gamers out there. Total team effort. Well, this was a total team effort in the other direction, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm going to say it. A total team effort in the other direction, other than that great play to Stefan Diggs. Crappy game. Dan Bailey made his field goal. That's good. And he made his extra point, too. So, And uh, <laughs> Britton Colquitt made eight pretty good punts. He made eight pretty good punts. Special teams was adequate. But uh, you got no real no real return. You had a gimme, possible nice return by Mike Hughes that never happened because he fair-catched it. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's like you want to keep talking, you don't want to keep talking. There's always other stuff you can get to. But at the end of the day, the frustration just keeps coming back. All the anger, the disappointment over the years—it's just—it's just, it's back and it's back full force again. All the anger and the frustration is back full force. Once again, Fran Tarkington Award for this game. I boy, I mean, Zadarius Smith. <laughs> no, I, I don't even know at this point. I don't even know. I mean, the Vikings' defense, I thought, played very strong in the first half. Dare I give it to? I want to give it to Anthony Harris. I think he deserves recognition. Uh, he's been so solid. Obviously, Harrison Smith had some big plays as well. I liked Viking safeties most of the way in this game. Anthony Barr, such a crying shame. To see Kendricks out uh, after the first half, uh, or well, early in the first half, per se. That was devastating. It just got worse and worse and worse. And Kinsey Alexander was very solid in the game as well. But um, I will give the... I'm going to officially give the... Frank Tarkenton Award to Anthony Harris, getting the getting the interception and uh, having some good moments throughout the game. I thought he was awesome. He prevented a touchdown uh, when Trey Wayne's was getting beat on a play. Trey Wayne's was just kind of going, eh, okay, I'll, I'll try to get the tackle. i will just kind of inching and just kind of squeezing in there. Well, Anthony Harris was busy batting the ball away. So that's the difference between Harris and Wayne's. Wayne's is just like, okay, I'll just at least get the tackle. Where Harris is like, no, I'm, I'm not going to let him even catch it at all. What the hell? Come on. You know, and that was a great play. So Anthony Harris, a deserving Fran Tarkington award winner for the game. The, and so it's got to be a defensive player, right? Got to be. The uh, Christian Ponder Memorial, it's Christian Ponder himself. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins is part of it. The offensive line, Riley Reef is part of it. I think they should share it in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not happy with Adam Thielen so far since he's returned. Obviously, he's rusty. I, I can imagine he's rusty, but I've not been happy. He's not been the same guy. Um, I'm uh, Generally, the offense in general, the play calling, it's just kind of the offense in general is Christian Ponder-like. It was Ponder-like the whole game, and yeah, it was terrible. Bad offensive line, Cousins on his back, Cousins making bad plays or weak plays or poor, piss, poor pass protection. I can go on forever, so just sum it all up together for the... Uh, the offense, per se, for the Christian Potter Memorial. Uh, Christian Potter Memorial. With that said, we'll take a quick break and try to try to get to 11-5 and five when we play the Bears. The Bears. Next week. The Bears come to town. The Bears come to town. A traditional Minnesota Chicago. Chicago season wrap-up in U.S. Bank Stadium or the Metrodome years ago. It'll be good, I hope. An- another nooner. Hopefully the Vikings get to 11-5, and five, I hope. And, well, it'll just make the record look a little prettier. But... The seeding is what it is, and we'll find out who we're playing next week. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league a little bit, if humanly possible. This time, Vikings were the very last game of the week, so we get some Thursday games, or at least one Thursday game. A couple of Saturdays. We got our first Saturdays the last couple of weeks here. Pretty cool. And then we head into Wild Card and eventually the divisional round. Hopefully the Vikings get to the divisional round, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there, as Mike Zimmer always says. Houston versus Tampa. Houston versus Tampa were... League MVP candidate, (laughs) league MVP candidate, Jameis Winston. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, not in this game. After getting all those yards and those touchdowns, the mistakes kind of came back full force. Like I said, like I always say, Dante Culpepper on crack. In terms of Dante, Culpepper with the amazing yardage, the touchdown numbers, and all that crazy numbers. But then, you know, the turnovers are much higher than Culpepper. Culpepper fumbled a lot because his small hands. Winston throws a ton of interceptions. So that's why I say Culpepper on crack. That's basically what Jameis Winston is. The big numbers, but then the mistakes. Ah, boy. Well, four interceptions in this one. Houston ends up... Houston is a weird team. I mean, they've been back and forth, up and down all year, losing to Tennessee, beating this team, beating the freaking Patriots, getting killed by this team, blah, blah, blah. It's been a back and forth weird season for Houston. But at the end of the day, they have the same record as the Vikings. And the first place in the AFC South, so wrap your head around that. Houston's kind of like a de facto division champion, I guess, kind of like Dallas or Philadelphia. Coming up, we'll see what happens there. Is that division had a little change of uh, change of leadership, change of leadership this past weekend for the first time all season. Solid game for the Tampa Bucks in terms of the numbers, but any hope they had of squeezing into the postseason somehow, some way, completely over. But no, no, they had no hope. I mean, they're in the NFC South; they're not going to catch the Saints. Yeah, there's no wild card for them, so it just kind of is what it is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're kind of, I don't know, their uniforms are interesting. The quarterback puts up some nice numbers, but didn't matter a whole lot. Uh, Houston was just a little better, and they will be in the playoffs, so I have very little hope for them moving forward. I just want to do exactly that and move forward. New England and Buffalo, a classic old-school rivalry in the AFC East. Maybe one last crack for Buffalo to kind of, do some damage to the New England Patriots and have them have the same record and maybe the Patriots have to, you know, believe it or not, not win their division. Well, that's over now. AFC East champion New England Patriots, 12-3 and on the season. The record is still there after some icky games because they started the season out so amazing with their record. Good, solid, efficient game for Tom Brady. Good, solid, efficient game for Josh Allen as uh, this could be a little battle back and forth for the next few years depending on how long Tom Brady plays. I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer he can But, uh, well, he's playing now. Stoney Michelle, 96 yards on the ground. Rex Burkhead, Burkhead, who's been hanging around for a while. Also getting a couple runs in there. Cole Beasley, awesome game for him. 108 yards for the Buffalo Sabres. You know, the Buffalo Bills. Julian Edelman getting his usual 70-ish plus yards in the game. Rex Burkhead also adding to that category on some uh, screen plays. uh, 31-yard long along the way, but he did fumble the ball away. Good, solid game for the Patriots' defense and just the Patriots in general, just protecting the football, getting the job done. They end up finishing the game after being behind for a spell there uh, in the third quarter. So it is what it is in the third quarter and into the fourth. But at the end of the day, the New England Patriots with their ninth kicker this season. Now it's Nick Folk. I'm just messing around. But yeah, they've had a few punters this year or kickers this year. Ends up uh, taking the lead and ended up ultimately winning the game. Good, solid finish. Rex Burkhead, Tom Brady, and Julian Edelman all working together for a touchdown and a two-point conversion to end up wrapping the game up. Obviously, the defense was the ultimate part of the, the, the situation, the equation, wrapping things up against a pretty damn good Buffalo team. Crying shame to see them lose a couple games in a row for Buffalo as they were so good this year. They were awesome all season, but still... It's, their best season in a long time, as they squeezed into the playoffs for the first time in forever a couple of years ago with a nine and seven record. This year, yeah, they have a good shot of being eleven and five. They almost could have been twelve and four this year. Great season by the Buffalo Bills, and what a nice turnaround for a franchise that that it's you know been in and out, in and out, and struggled. And they have the quarterback of the future, and he's solid and good for them. Good for them. Good to see that. Uh, maybe they be the next team in that division when the Patriots finally uh, end up moving on. Saturday night. Saturday night. New England, uh, Buffalo, now San Francisco and the Rams. The Rams ultimately get eliminated from the postseason, and that's where the Vikings clinch their postseason for the, uh, their, their uh, first postseason appearance in two years. So good for the Vikings getting in at least with this loss by the Los Angeles Rams. San Francisco looking to clinch home court advantage, home field advantage throughout the uh, NFC. Twelve and three record on the season. Interesting, crazy, sad news though. Also. Tied into this one because uh, San Francisco backup quarterback who had to be the starter at times last season with the injury to Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, Bethard, uh, his younger brother in college was stabbed to death, I believe, in Tennessee, uh, stabbed to death. Can you imagine? Uh, Tennessee bar, I believe, in the the, the, in the same evening here, Saturday evening. So San Francisco backup quarterback Bethard, uh, younger brother, stabbed to death. Unbelievable, so very sad kind of side story. Had to bring that up, so uh, God bless the Bethard family. Really sad to hear that. Uh, I couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. Uh, it's crazy, crazy how things happen in this world, you know. And just, ah, mm, uh, uh, that one bugs me. <laughs> I, I, I it, it's, it's terrifying, honestly. It, it, when I think about that, it terrifies me to no end. Um, at the end of the day, though, San Francisco is victorious. So I'm sure Beathard's not as worried about that at the moment. It's nice to see the team win. That's good, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be on his mind for, forever. Forever. San Francisco did play a very solid game. The Rams played a good game. It was a nice back-and-forth battle between the two teams. Now it's hard to get Kenner back to this again. Uh, 34-31, ultimately San Francisco barely inches past the LA Rams team that was playing like their season was on the line. Uh, Jared Goff Very good, solid game, though, interception late. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up throwing a couple of interceptions. Just wasn't really a great game for him. And the Rams' defense is good. Let's be quite fair and honest. Los Angeles Rams' defense has been very good the past couple of years, but just not good enough. Uh, Big numbers throughout the game for the Rams. San Francisco does have an offense that puts up numbers all over the place, and George Kittle's been so valuable, so freaking valuable. Past couple of years, and Robbie Gold basically makes everything. Uh, knock on wood somewhere, because <laughs> I'd rather see San Francisco win than most of the other NFC teams. Vikings are the only exception there, of course. San Francisco's defense has been giving up points lately. After starting out the season, they were they were up there with the New England Patriots. It was the Patriots and the Niners leading the league defensively. Where in the past you'd think it'd be offense. San Francisco and New England, yeah, you know, offense and maybe defense combined, uh, but. Still weird seeing Richard Sherman as a 49er though, after all that crap that happened years ago between uh, him and Crabtree. It's still weird, but uh, nice solid win for Sarah. It's San Francisco as they're looking to clinch the Division title now. Le Division title. At the end of the day, they will be playing the Seattle Sea Chickens coming up, so that's going to be a very interesting battle there. San Francisco looking to wrap things up. Home field advantage and all that with a 13-3 and record. Let's see if they can actually do something with it, though because out below, it'll be his first playoff game uh with this solid defense hopefully you know not giving up 31 points and play in the playoff games coming up 49ers just might be able to protect home field their new field and uh go to their first super bowl in a few years here that'd be good for them and i think it's good for football to see San Francisco back in the super bowl it'd be even better to see purple in the, the purple in the super bowl but we'll see what happens maybe we'll get a rematch of the uh the Harbaugh ball just uh just no Jim Harbaugh, only John, was probably the better coach, I think we could probably say. I think it's safe to say that. Oh, what a barn burner. I mean, it's good. It's fun. Fun, nice to see some offenses. Better than seeing, like, you know, 12 to 10 or some crap like that. Giants in Washington, 41-35. 40, I mean, they put points on the board. Just like Miami-Cincinnati, they put a lot of points on the board. As I try not to cough to death, pardon me. New York Giants, 41-35. A nice effort by Pat Shermer's offense. Unfortunately, most people believe this is his second last game as head coach. Daniel Jones, five touchdown passes in the game. What a nice day. Nice day for him. Uh, Dwayne Haskins hurting this one after a couple of touchdowns. Extremely efficient against a Giants defense that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, they're not the Giants defense even close to what they used to be. They haven't been good for Years. Years. Case Keenum, efficient, returns finally for the first time in forever. He was efficient. Nice, entertaining game, but nice to see Hatskin's playing better and better during the course of the season after such an awful start. Saquon Barkley, almost 200 yards on the ground for the victorious New York Giants. And Adrian Peterson only mustered 36 yards on the ground. Ouch. But again, still, you know, moving up in that fifth all-time. Unbelievable 2.4. Carrying, he did get in the end zone again Did Adrian. We'll see what happens if he returns. But uh, what a game by Saquon Barkley. Almost, I mean, over... Unbelievable game. Almost 300 yards from scrimmage uh, for Saquon Barkley. Again, 189 yards on the ground and 90 yards receiving. Almost 300 total yards for Saquon Barkley. Whew. That is insane. And entertaining, even though it's crappy teams. It was an entertaining game. So give them credit. Lots of back and forth. A couple of weird, funky, funny upsets. Even though if you want to call Green Bay upsetting Minnesota something, it kind of is because they've never won in U.S. Bank Stadium and it was very disappointing for us. Season-telling games here. New York Jets end up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty funny. They're 6-9. and nine. They have six wins out after what a horrible start they had. Pittsburgh started horribly and then gotten way better and were knocking on the door of the postseason and then they lose to the Jets. Okay, I don't know anymore. I don't know who's who or what's what. And, of course, I don't know what the Pittsburgh quarterback is half the time. Is it Delvin Hodges? Is it Mason Rudolph? Doesn't matter. I don't know. Hodges was awful. Rudolph was better. Darnold was, eh, not the best game ever, but good, uh, solid win for the New York Jets. Le'Veon Bell finally got to 72 yards. (laughs) He's had such a terrible season for a terrible team. Terrible town, terrible fans, terrible stadium, a common man would say. But uh, a win for the Jets and a painful loss for the Steelers at the end of the day. Miami-Cincinnati. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's it's an Orange Bowl. It's the Orange Bowl. You know why? Because it's in Miami, and you're playing an an Orange team. It's the Orange Bowl. (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick had a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like game, putting up about 400 yards, over 400 yards, against a crappy team. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Four touchdowns and an interception. Looking to get a nice contract again, or at least some money, in the offseason. Another one-year deal, two-year deal with somebody has this backup that can put up all these big numbers if you need a backup quarterback that can do this. <laughs> Miami wins their fourth game of the season. So much for getting in that top uh, top two or three for the Miami Dolphins. That's kind of funny. No, they still might wind up there. 1-14 Cincinnati just about solidifying their spot with the number one overall pick in the draft. Hope it's not Kajana Carter again. Carson Palmer was a pretty good one until the doggone ACL a couple like a couple years later there. That was a huge shame. Dalton even threw for four touchdown passes, pretty crazy, but they still lose to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. He he had to throw that turnover in there. He had to. There's always a turnover somewhere. He lost a fumble in the game. Did Andy Dalton entertaining? I mean, it's entertaining up and down the field. We can call them crappy teams, but they put up numbers. I mean, they put up numbers. It's fun, fun, fun stuff. Tyler Boyd, wow, big game for him. 120 yards and two touchdowns. Nice. Nice. I mean, you can't complain. You know, you can't complain about it at the end of the day. And now we continue into these crappy garbage time games. We could call it NFL garbage time because they are teams that have been eliminated, this and that. Uh, Carolina and Indianapolis. Uh, wow. 38-6. to 6. Uh, Well, it's 38-6 to 6, Indianapolis. 7-8. and 8. They're obviously out. Carolina's like a joke right now. And, um, Ron rivera is gone. They're possibly talking about Mike McCarthy joining the Green Bay Packers. That'll be very interesting with Christian McCaffrey. And who knows who, their, who knows who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah, Will Greer leading the way. And, wow, interesting stuff. Not a good game there. Three interceptions for him. He's not ready for any type of time. I won't call it the big time. He's not ready for any time right now. Nicole Brissette. Also not a very good game, but still wind up with a 38 points with a good, uh, good, solid, spectacular running game for the Indianapolis Colts. Really riding up the yards. They're over 200 yards on the ground, and Naheem Hines with a special team return. Good for him. And how, how many times have we talked about Naheem Hines as a special teams guy for the Minnesota Vikings? I'd kill for it, man. And he had two touchdowns in the game. See? Did I tell you? Did I tell you? What did I tell you two drafts ago, 2018 draft? Naheem Hines could be a nice kick returner for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, he had 200 yards returning and two touchdowns. Three punt returns, 200 yards overall. An 84-yard return along the way. That was the long one. Two touchdowns for Naheem Hines. Again, a meaningless game against you know, a crappy Carolina team that fell off the map after a good start to the year. They looked like they might be in the playoffs earlier in the season. Did Carolina but, uh, well, I would love to have Naheem Hines right now on the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, if you can get him via trade in the offseason, I say go for it. Why not? Why not? Maybe during maybe draft day, a draft day trade or something. Or if somehow, some way he's a free agent. Though, unfortunately, his value is probably way higher after that game. <laughs> I would love to have Naheem Hines because there is no kick returning on the Minnesota Vikings right now. There's nothing. It's like, yay, fair catch. Yay, fair catch. Yay, five yards. Yay, 20 yards. Maybe. Maximum at the end of the day. New Orleans Saints are 12 and 3. Tennessee Titans are 8 and 7. They're on the outside looking in, despite Ryan Tannehill adding to his pocketbook more more than likely in the off season here. Three touchdowns, extremely efficient game. I love Ryan Tannehill on the Tennessee Titans. I love Ryan Tannehill on the Tennessee Titans. Drew Brees is back. He's looking like Drew Brees again, completing every pass, not making mistakes. Uh, regardless of any pass rush that comes his way from Tennessee or whoever, he's just getting the job done. It's a very efficient offense. Latavius Murray had 14, only 14 yards on the ground, but Alvin Kamara is back, finally, after having a, a tough season and he's been in and out with injuries, off and on all season, but had a huge game. 80 yards don't tell the story, though. The fact that he was able to get loose on multiple occasions and into the end zone twice. And he only ran the ball 11 times, but got in the end zone twice with 80 yards. And Michael Thomas, another explosive, huge game for him along the way. Alvin Kamara, again, also a couple catches. Nothing big, nothing spectacular, no no breakaway on any of those catches. But generally speaking, Alvin Kamara, if you get a little bit of this going again. New Orleans Saints still might end up winning the NFC after all. Because it just might not be Seattle, thankfully. And I'm not crying. I'm not crying one bit about that. Seattle right now would be the fifth seed in the NFC. And the San Francisco 49ers are just about there. They still haven't even clinched the division yet, so things could change quickly. If Seattle ends up beating the 49ers. Very entertaining week seventeen battle between those two. That is big. That's why San Francisco doesn't officially have it yet, obviously. And because funny things can happen. Oh man, Packers would have the first round by. Minnesota would be heading to Nollins. Ooh yay. Yay, we'd be heading to New Orleans. <laughs> uh, oh well, well we'll see what happens. The Brown Bowl, oh, another game that has uh, Vinrock Finstermano calling for the firing of Freddie Kitchens, and I don't blame him. He's not a good He's not a good coach. He's not the right fit for this team. All the talent on this Cleveland roster, come on. And and I'm not a fan of Odell Bagham. I don't like him. He's a jackass. I don't like him at all, but obviously the talent's there. So many good players on this Cleveland team. you got multiple good receivers. If Baker Mayfield could keep his head on straight as well, you no, know, Jarvis Landry, Beckham, Kareem Hunt, come on, Nick Chubb, come on, good defense. And unfortunately, yeah, we'll leave that alone also with what happened earlier. That was uh, very disappointing as well with the Pittsburgh game. We'll just leave that where it is. Lamar Jackson making everything look easy. I mean, if he stays in the pocket, if he runs, if he does this, he does that, he can do it all. And I've said that all week. I mean, we should just call him Magic Magic Jackson. It's not Magic Johnson, but... Magic Jackson. I mean, I guess he's the closest thing to what Magic Johnson would be if he was a football player at this point because he can do a little bit of everything. He can do everything. Run, pass, quote You know, you force him to throw in the pocket, he can still do it. He can still do it. At the end of the day, Lamar Jackson looks to be the most viable player in the NFL. That's your 13-3 and Baltimore team. 13-2 and Baltimore team. They're going to at least have 13 wins, probably 14 wins, and they're going to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl and this is the best Baltimore team ever. Uh, they've never had the the top seed in the NFL. And I can imagine how Cleveland fans feel. Because if they're my age, or even slightly younger or older, they know who the Baltimore Ravens are. They absolutely know. And it's just because the Baltimore Ravens are the original Cleveland Browns that moved away in 1996. Uh, and it's just, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt so much being 6-9. and nine. And imagine if this was your Cleveland team right now, thirteen and two. Oh, oh, it's got to ache. It's got to ache so much. It's got to ache. I love those Cleveland uniforms. I love them. I think they're beautiful. Anybody that thinks Cleveland's got boring uniforms, they're they're wrong. I, I love them. They they did such a good job on that. But unfortunately, uh, you know, despite a talented talented roster, it's just not working with this current coach. It's not working with the you know the current quarterbacks mentality's got to change. And if it does, Cleveland could still be. You know, you never know. Maybe like they'll be like what Baltimore was when they were pretty mediocre, and then the next thing you know, a year or two later, here they are, Super Bowl favorites. I mean, Baltimore is the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. They're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They are the number one seed in the first time ever since being in Baltimore, despite two Super Bowl championships in 2012. So, mm, 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 mm. gotta love what Baltimore's doing regardless if you like Baltimore or not God I love what they're doing it's it's amazing it's amazing and it's it's something that deserves recognition all over the place Jacksonville Atlanta I whatever you know seriously Atlanta's weird they they, they start out the year what one and seven and then they they go like what like five and two since then what's the point like seriously now now you're winning games Atlanta a lot of us had them actually winning the NFC South. I'm embarrassed for even bringing that up, or at least squeezing in. Ten and six record, wild card team. Maybe the sixth seed. Minnesota ends up being second or third or something. No, it just didn't end up that way at all. Atlanta, I, I don't know. They're weird. And Jacksonville's weird, too. I don't know. It's just I'm just going to leave it as is. I don't even I don't want to go there. Atlanta doesn't make any freaking sense. And, it's, and Matt Ryan didn't even play well. That's the funny part and the sad part about all this. They didn't even play well they didn't. (laughs) Just Jacksonville sucks even worse. A couple other teams, similar situation there were San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, yes, yes. They just don't care at all. And Oakland is kind of whatever they are. They're on their way to Vegas and they're thinking about Vegas or they're thinking about something. They're thinking about the offseason, I think. I don't know. Yuck. Just another boring couple of crappy teams. Again, more garbage time football. That's really all it is. 24-17, Twenty-four seventeen. the Raiders wind up with their seventh win of the season. At best, they could be 8-8, eight and eight, which is just, yeah, you know. Okay, maybe it's hopeful heading into Vegas where it'll be a different vibe, maybe. We'll see what happens. you still got the same coach and the same players, though. So we'll see what happens for the, uh, the autumn wind. Because it's going to be the desert wind coming up. We'll leave Detroit-Denver alone. That's going to be the NFC North. And, of course, the B is coming up as well. That was, uh, oof. Pretty lame Sunday night game for the B as we'll come back to uh, Denver and Detroit. This is the game that had a lot of people excited, including myself, in terms of, well, just flat out Seattle hopefully not getting the number one seed because if they get it, they're going to the Super Bowl. It'll be Baltimore-Seattle most likely in the Super Bowl, very possibly, at the end of the day because I don't think anybody's beaten Baltimore, and if Seattle's home field advantage, nobody's going to beat them either. Well, Arizona proved something. They could beat Seattle in CenturyLink Field, I guess. That's good. It's the good part about being a division rival. Too bad they couldn't do this in the past. That would have been nice. Maybe they could have beat Seattle and knocked them out of the playoffs when they had Carson Palmer and when they had that 13-3 and team. But, well, I don't know. Very impressive win for Arizona. Major upset, 27-13. Pretty cool. Kyler Murray, not that great. Beat up a bit. And Brett Hundley comes in. And yet, Arizona wins the game because of uh, some big defensive plays. And, of course, huge game by Kenyon Drake on the ground. Wow, what a big game by Kenyon Drake. He's definitely the MVP of this one. 166 yards, including an 80-yard scamper to pay debt. Two touchdowns for him. Big, uh, all, big, giant performance at the end of the day. And Larry Fitzgerald getting maybe one of his last touchdowns, if not his last touchdown of his career, along with former Gopher Max uh, Williams who didn't get in the end zone, but he was the second leading receiver at least for an Arizona team that didn't put up great numbers receiving, but again Kenyon Drake just tore up Seattle in this one and what a nice win for the Arizona Cardinals going into next season Dallas and Philly Philadelphia did not clinch the division championship but they are in position to do so now 8-7 and record, the Cowboys just all season they were this de facto division champion for the NFC uh, East and now it doesn't look like they're going to win the NFC East at all it's kind of funny, seventeen to nine, Eagles pretty much most of the way. You kind of got the vibe they were the slightly better team between these two teams. Uh, at the end of the day, the whole game you kind of felt, and they're up three nothing, ten nothing. Dallas couldn't do jack. There was energy in Philadelphia a bit, a little bit of that Philly magic, kind of nothing great. But Philadelphia Eagles uh, pass defense actually showed up to play for the first time maybe all season, with a couple of random exceptions during out the year, throughout the year. Uh, year. Forebath making some money with the Cowboys. Kicking three field goals. Good for him. Two thirty, two forty-nine 49 49-yarders in Philly. Could have used that in Philadelphia, but it wasn't his fault at the end of the day. <laughs> it didn't matter, though. That's the only points Dallas would get because their offense was struggling throughout the game. Past defense was awesome for the Eagles, and they actually looked like the 2017 Eagles defensively. Not offensively, but defensively, and this came for the first time in a while. So we'll see what happens. Philadelphia hosting a wild-card game. Who knows? They might actually be the one that wins, which is sad and annoying, especially if it's us playing. Now, that'd be annoying, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're playing the Saints or the Packers. Ah, I think we're playing the Saints or the Packers in the first round. That's just my guess. But uh, Philly's probably going to win the NFC East. It's not over yet, but probably. Let's go to that mediocre, meh Detroit game, along with Kansas City. Who cares, right? Detroit's on the verge of... Another horrendous season after a great start. They have lost like every game since then. 3-11-1 on the year. Denver just squeezing out a couple more garbage time wins. 6-9 and nine on the season. I don't know. 27-17. Just another meh game, obviously. Drew Locke. Solid. David Blau. Meh, below average. Mediocre at best. I guess the Denver defense, that really isn't bad. And they frustrated the Vikings big time. In U.S. Bank Stadium. Luckily, Minnesota did not lose that one. I don't know. There's just not much to say. It's, Detroit's awful, and it sounds like they're going to keep their coach and their general manager, which a lot of people say, well, that means two more wins for Minnesota next year, and hopefully that's the case. Hopefully the Vikings going to end uh, Matt LaFleur's uh, two-game win streak against us because the Packers swept the Vikings this year. That one doesn't feel good. Let's talk about the BS, because they're obviously out. They're another, like it feels like the 90th, 7-8 and team in the NFL Kansas City still has a shot at the number at the number two seed in the AFC. Number one's wrapped up. They still have a shot at it. Maybe if New England loses, if Kansas City wins, obviously Chiefs have the tiebreaker between those two. We remember that pretty well. So we'll see what happens going into next week. I'm ultimately thinking Kansas City is going to be number three. Mr. Trubisky was rendered borderline useless in the game. Kansas City's defense actually is not bad, uh, and they disguise a lot of defenses out there which can confuse and scare quarterbacks. That's what happened to Kirk Cousins. That's what happened to Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Steve Spagnolo is a really damn good defensive coordinator. I've always liked him. Sometimes there's a little bend but don't break, but generally speaking, he's a very intelligent uh, football guy, very intelligent defensive mind. Um, Again, not spectacular, but good. And to think, this was in Chicago. Steve Spagnolo doing a masterful job turning the Bears offense into complete garbage and giving the Kansas City Chiefs a legitimate crack at the at the number two seeds still. And if they get it, who knows? Maybe they are the team of destiny this year. I did pick the Chiefs to beat the Saints in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. I'm probably going a different direction as we had, but they are my original pick at the end of the day. Let's talk about the Biaz now. The Biaz. Minnesota six, 60, 55 and two against the Biaz historically. Obviously going all the way back to the beginning. Of uh, Minnesota, Chicago is obviously a hundred-year-old NFL team. They played Green Bay two hundred times. It's the oldest rivalry in sports. Well, in the NFL anyway. <laughs> sports, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes things get older. Uh, three straight losses for Minnesota, though, against the Bears, despite some recent success before that. Minnesota had been pretty dominant going back to twenty fourteen. Basically, going looks like five, no six and six and one before that. That's pretty damn good from fourteen. To seventeen, and when the Vikings swept the Bears, after kind of a frustrating game, but the Vikings end up finishing thirteen and three after that. Chicago has been the significantly better team since then, sweeping us last year when and in route to a twelve and four record, and uh, extremely frustrating game against against uh, the Bears this year in Soldier Field for Kirk Cousins. Very very frustrating matchup. At the end of the day, again, Bears had won five in a row, back from ten to 12, 2010 to 2012, five in a row, whew, so the streak hopefully will come to an end, Minnesota gets a solid 11-5 and five season, though we're still very frustrated with how things finished, you're still going to end up going on the road, you still have a quarterback that has struggled, again, and I didn't even mention this, but you've probably heard it like 20 times already if you're watching the game, or listening to the radio afterward, uh, Kirk Cousins 0-9 in Monday night games, so, and obviously his, his, uh, Prime time record is really bad, really bad. Though he did get a win against Dallas this season and on the road, prime time game. Not only prime time, but on the road, so that was really nice. Couple of wins there for him in one. It was like a double win. And last night would have been the uh, really nice one, but uh, unfortunately it did not happen. Oh and nine on Monday night. That's horrible. But he didn't get a whole lot of help either. So it's a combination. It's a, it's a total team effort, baby. <laughs> Chicago Bears, you're going to go against Mitchell Trubisky. If we can get creative defensively against him, confuse him, scare him into some mistakes, that would be nice. They're 25th in passing yards, 29th in rushing yards, and uh, 29th overall in yards per game. Their offense has stunk throughout the last season. It has been pretty rough for the Chicago Bears, generally speaking, offensively, but their defense is kind of what's been the problem. I mean, Khalil Mack has absolutely owned Kirk Cousins. Since uh, Khalil Mack has been a member of the Chicago Bears, he's scared the crap out of him ever since. That's why they're 3-0 against him so far as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. That's where the frustration comes in. What's sad and kind of annoying is, again, I mean, it's just, you know, it's sad and annoying because of the situation now. It almost doesn't matter. I mean, the Vikings are 11-5. and five. It's just a prettier record. You're going to end up with a sixth seed anyway, as long as people don't get hurt. And with Kendrick's getting hurt, that stinks. Hopefully he'll be ready to go over the playoffs or maybe sit him out in the Chicago game. I don't know, which could mean a loss, possibly. Chicago's overall defense so far this season has been, well, you know, they're only giving up 18.6 points a game. They are fifth in the league in that category. Pretty good uh, yardage overall. Chicago is, looks to be... Eighth overall in yards, three hundred and twenty-five total on the season, against seventh in the league there. Rush defense has been a tough thing to go against. Uh Kelvin Cook did not have a good game against them. Sixth overall, ninety seven point two, under a hundred yards a game in total rush yards on the season. Very solid. You can run uh you can pass against them a little bit, but Kirk Cousins has struggled so mightily against the Chicago Bears since uh it's been he's been there. So I'm not sure where to go. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go. It is the hope is, the key in this game is definitely not going to be the Vikings offense. It's going to be the Vikings defense. Can you force turnovers? Can you force Trubisky into mistakes? Can you shut them down? Bat-away passes. Will Kendricks be healthy? Will Barr be healthy? You know, this and that. Is Xavier Rhodes going to continue to play fairly solid, which he did against Green Bay? He wasn't good, but he wasn't great, I mean. But he was good. He was okay. He was okay in the game. I, I did not come out Screaming and whining and complaining about J.B. Rhodes, I came out being utterly baffled by the horrible Vikings offense, the play calling, and the execution that just wasn't there. I don't think the Vikings offense is going to do a whole lot against the Bears. I, I don't. It's going to be low scoring. Uh, you got to hope you can get some points defensively in this game. We all know what the Bears can do. Uh, They've forced twelve fumbles on the season, which is you know a good. It's good, but not great. The, they have uh, they only have one pick six on the season, 63 in pass deflections, 32 sacks, which isn't super high at the end of the day compared to certain teams, so they're kind of down there a bit, but they deny the ball. They'll bat away passes, this and that, pass deflections. They'll do a bit of that. Generally speaking, though, what they do well is they just, you know, they titles for loss. They're a very tough team to run against, and with the Minnesota Vikings running back situation, I mean, no Alexander Madison yesterday. I think that was kind of like almost the nail in the coffin for the Vikings running game yesterday. At least Alexander Madison. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you want him back in this game. Because, again, if you're 11-5 and five or 10-6, and six, you're still probably the sixth seed. You know? So it's just kind of like it is what it is. You're still most likely going to be the sixth seed. You're still going to wherever the sixth seed is going to go. Is it New Orleans? Is it Green Bay? Is it, it's, it won't be Seattle. Seattle's going to be, like, number one or number five, basically, at the end of the day. More than likely, the uh, NFC West is going to wind up with uh, the number one seed in the NFL. Ah, the NFC, pardon me. More than likely. Green Bay just might finish 13-3, though, because they're playing the Detroit Lions next week. So maybe Green Bay will get it. I have to say this, and I don't want to. I have to say this, and I don't want to. But with this improved Packers defense, and if Rodgers, you know, it continues to at least... You know, you know, so to speak, do his job and be clutch when he needs to be. The Packers could go to the Super Bowl this year. They could. I don't think they'd win. I don't think they could beat Baltimore. I don't think they could beat New England in the Super Bowl. I don't think they could. I don't think they could beat the Chiefs. I think they would lose if they made it, but I think they could win the NFC this year. <laughs> they could, possibly. Uh, the Saints, though, are getting good at the right time. Uh, San Francisco is a dangerous, tough team, but To write the Packers off as a team that could win the NFC, I think would be you're making a mistake. They're at least top three. They're at least a legitimate top three, you know, possibility of getting into the of getting to the Super Bowl this year. Legitimate in the NFC, Vikings chances I think with this current current uh, situation, especially with the injuries, but with all the talent on the roster, the lack of execution generally speaking in big moments, the curse of night games, primetime games, this game, that game, road games. Any type of game with any type of meaning to it with Kirk Cousins is very below average. It's way it's way down there, and it's scary. It's frightening. Very expensive for you know very a very expensive guy for results like that in big games. If you can't win big games, you're not worth big bucks. as far as I'm concerned, big numbers that's great. Maybe a couple of nice solid wins, some nice winning win loss record. But you didn't have a whole lot in Washington. Of course, you could talk about what happened there with the, the management and all that. With uh, just there wasn't a, that great of a team around him, anyway. But um, again, an offensive line that lets you down all the time, all the time against any type of a good pass, especially they let you down. Any type of good run defense, Delvin Cook is like getting 20 yards. You know, Alexander Madison might get a couple yards, but he'll never break loose because he doesn't have the explosive speed that Cook does. Boone could go from a power back to a whole lot of nothing. So. I'm not really counting on the Vikings offense against Chicago. If Vikings are gonna beat the Chicago Bears, they gotta force some turnovers and just flat shut out, shut down, shut out, shut down the Chicago Bears. Keep them to single digit points. That's what you gotta do. I mean you gotta keep you gotta render that, that offense useless, like the Kansas City Chiefs did. Disguise some plays, confuse, scare confuse and scare Mitchell Trubisky, and hopefully bring him down because he does have some athleticism. He might be able to run for those third and longs on occasion. That's what Mitchell Trubisky does offer to the Bears on occasion, a third and eight, whatever, he may be able to scamper for a first down and make a little slide and move the bleeping chains. And the frustration continues for the opposing team, this and that, especially us so far. Um, That's how you beat them. I mean, that's how we're going to beat the bears is to literally render their offense useless, which it generally has been most of the season. That's what it's going to have to take. Uh, I am going to, I don't know. I am going to pick a win because the bears have been so inept and they have nothing to play for at the end of the day. The Vikings don't have a whole lot to play for either, but I got a sneaky feeling the Vikings will finish the season strong, get our hopes up a little bit. We'll go with 17-9, to 9, Minnesota, over the Chicago Bears. we we'll I uh, pray to God Alexander Madison comes back. It's an ankle there. Cook, it's like chest, shoulder, whatever the heck it is. Uh, and then the continued frustration with the linebacking core now with the injuries there. Hopefully Kendrick's. And Barr, okay, uh, scary situation there, how valuable those guys are. And uh, when, when they're out, it's like the running game goes on the other side, as normally it would when your top two linebackers are injured. So it is what it is. 17 to 17-9, Minnesota will survive, force a couple turnovers, and keep the Bears out of the end zone. Just a few field goals there by uh, the Bears kicker there at the end of the day. That's pretty much where I stand. I don't think the Vikings score a ton of points. And again, I hope the Vikings can get some kind of defensive or m- m- miraculous special teams touchdown one way or another. If it's a fumble, uh, forcing a fumble for the uh, opposing kick returner, this and that, this and that. And then you finally capitalize, get in the end zone or get another chip shot field goal because you can't move six bleeping yards forward. Um, but I'll pick the Vikings to end the losing streak versus the Bears, 17-9. Minnesota will finish 11-5 and and head to... New Orleans, probably. Mm -hmm. And we are back here on Purple Mafia Fan Interaction. I don't believe there are any call-ins. I did check. I didn't see anything in there. live at Yahoo.com. We'll get to how you get there in a little bit, like how you get to the audio submission, which, of course, is not a Big thing, definitely really not hard to do, and love to, love to hear from you again. Got Gerald on last week, a week late on my part, because that was my own fault. I didn't see it. So <laughs> I'll try my best to not let that kind of thing happen again if you do call in. So, again, my apologies there. That one's funny. Yep, oh, look at this. Malcolm McSween was replying to me about the electrical fire deal, and then, yeah, uh, he shows a Muppet getting zapped a bit. That <laughs> <It> looks funny. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm, out of California there. Danae Brown, Vinrock Vince Germano, and Malcolm retweeting the most recent show, Electrical Fire, episode 308. Uh, Mad Martin was replying to UK Vikings, saying, we will find out this week how good they are, and yeah, we found out, unfortunately. That was really disappointing at the end of the day. Uh, Sam, Go- Sam Gupta was responding when I was. he was saying, it's funny because it's true, Homer Simpson. <laughs> yep, he was imitating Homer Simpson there, basically. Because I was saying the Chargers are starting to look like us in the 2009 NFC Championship game. Too soon? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it is it is true. That was bad for the Chargers. They don't look serious at all. At the end of the day, thank you, Sam. I'm also out of California there. A couple of Cali guys there. Gotta love that. Let's move up now. Lots of just kind of notifications that are like tweets from other people. Not necessarily following me that I'm following. Okay, forward. Mad Martin Northern Scotland says if I'm lucky if I'm lucky I'll get four hours of sleep at two AM for the big game. It's all about my momentum now, Skull Brother, and let's hope for an early Christmas present. Then of course we know what happened. Uh Mad Martin was saying great start, as they say, one game at a time. Again the fumble. But again, yeah. Uh, man Marner saying "Oh, needs to start rolling soon. Packers getting into a groove here. Bloody hell. Just one first down so far. And that was much later in the first half there. Let's hope they start moving the ball soon. Don't fancy playing the slackers at home in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to go there. Yep. At last. things. Yep, that was the De- Stephon Diggs play. is going to be done by the fourth if this O cannot get a drive going. And that's exactly what happened. The D was down. Uh, he loved the defense, but the offense is making them cry. Packers' interior is dominating us on both sides of the ball. There needs to be adjustments. We can't sustain this. And, yeah, I mean, you were dead on in all of this, man, Martin. You're definitely going to be a star candidate in this show. Uh, Vikings' first half drive, seven of them, three, three and outs. One three-play touchdown drive, a four-play, six-play, and four-play drive. Hope there's a plan B for the second half. Yeah, it's just, mm-mm. it was a definite struggle. Matt uh, Martin continues saying one and done in the playoffs, don't see it any other way and I don't either I uh, saying this looks like this looks just like the game in Chicago no answers, no adjustments, blown their chance at division title, just occasionally I'd like to see this whole team put it together in a meaningful game just occasionally, is that too much to ask I want to see it happen at the end of the you know, in the Super Bowl one day you know, get to the Super Bowl and finally do it that but yeah, I, I feel you there says, uh, on a positive note, unlike last season, I had zero expectations this season, and they are not letting me down. No surprise, the D is done. Large amounts of coffee now needed. Personally never felt this game was a given. The O's crap the bet again. Just no answers like the Bears game. Merry Christmas, brother. I don't look forward to the podcast. And yep, he's saying how again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know, and I know what you meant there. You're frustrated with how things went. No worries. I was saying, yeah, I apologize for not responding because I didn't get the notifications. They weren't popping up. So, I loved hearing what you had to say, though. I was not getting the notifications. It wasn't showing the little Twitter thing, and then all of a sudden the software did an update. So, weird. That's just what happens. You're saying, no worries, brother. 4 4 a.m. 4.15 a.m. Why did I bother? Uh, O-line is total shit. Without Cook to give this O some dimension, this team is totally screwed. Without Cook, this shows how one-dimensional Kirk Cousins is, but you have to hand it to the slackers and cheer your line. Very good. Yes, it is. And, of course, their uh, linebacker addition in the offseason, Zadarius Smith. Yep, and yep, I added that at the end, but yeah, I I know he means that. He couldn't believe it. Seven first downs in total. Green Bay at 20, by the way. 20 to 7 in the first downs. Ridiculous. Looks like the Saints in the playoffs. Do we... Do we beat one team with a winning record? as he was saying, yeah, we beat one team. Yeah, he was saying, dude, we've beat one team with a winning record, the Eagles all year. Now I'm told we have talent, but never play a complete game on both sides of the ball. Is this on the coach? I think, I think partially, yes. I, I do. When they were talking about on, uh, well, what, what, what show it was? I don't know if it was Viking Vent Line. Not after the game, but earlier in the day, I believe. Oh, no, it was on Viking Ventline line after the game when they were talking about gun to your head, you have to make the decision now, gun to your head, Spielman, cousins, Zimmer, all stay all gone, gun to your head if you have, you have to say all one way or the other, they all stay or they're all gone at the end of the season. If I had a gun to my head, I'd go with all gone <laughs> i- I have to I'm sorry. I have to. And it's a risky move, though. Very risky because you don't want to end up like the Detroit Lions because there's no guarantee it's going to be better. Spielman made some good moves in the past, obviously, and this draft was really good. I mean, a lot of good it did us ultimately at the end of the day. But again, Riley Reef, I didn't even get to this in the first half because I was so focused on other things. See, there was a play, perfect play. Uh, well, not perfect, but BC Johnson made the catch. Defensive pack uh, Packers defend, uh, defensive backs fell down touchdown to Ola B.C. Johnson, and then next thing you know, there's a flag, and it was there pretty much the whole time. You're hoping maybe it's defensive holding. You're hoping maybe it's OPI. Uh, no, OPI, DPI, defensive pass interference, something. Maybe roughing the quarterback. Who knows? No, it's holding on 71. That would be Riley Reef. And yes, it was a legitimate holding call. It's the only reason Kirk Cousins had time to even throw it. The guy just just blocked the freaking guy. You know, do you have to cheat? You know, it just it just sucks. If he couldn't, Lay down the block. Maybe make the guy fall over. Knock him over with your body, whatever it is. That's all you have to do. It's perfectly legal. You know, anything to create that extra second or so for Kirk Cousins to release the ball and Olabezi to catch the ball. That would have been a big momentum changer back to our direction after it had been Green Bay's for so long. But no, holding call. Next thing you know, there's another dead, dead offensive drive. Deader than a hammer. So that's where I... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm extremely frustrated at the end of the day. And, yes, it's a risky decision to go one way or another because, again, Spielman did make some good decisions. Just thinking about Ole oh, BC Johnson is what brought that you know that play back into the fold. It was a huge moment. Um, a lot of people didn't even talk about that one much because we're still focused on a lot of other things. So, understandably there. Hopefully, I apologize to those of you that might have been annoyed that I didn't bring that up in the first segment. At and by the way, the Twitter account was at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. The king of Twitter is Mad Martin. But of course, Sam Gudma and uh, Malcolm McSween, 10A Brown, Vinrock Vince Germano, Cleveland Browns fan, but still likes the Vikings and listens to the show. Big basketball fan. Courtside Podcast is what he does with uh, Wayne Hunt and Stu Benson. They talk hoops. Do check that out. Australian Basketball Conversation about the NBA. Uh, just beautiful guys. Uh, at the end of the day, Malcolm McSween, California. Mad Martin. Northern Scotland, Scotland, pardon me, Sam Goodma, California. So now we'll go back to the Facebook page. First, I'll give a quick shout out though to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven. Look that up. Have conversations on there about the Minnesota Vikings. Trevor Rickeran is the founder of that page. He's kind enough to allow me to post links on that page and then I can give them a shout out on on this show in return. So now we'll go to the uh, Purple Mafia Show page on Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show or just look up Purple Mafia Show on Facebook. Like and follow it, so to speak. Enjoy, uh, conversate, in-game threads that I do. And, of course, uh, keep up with the news as best possible. And uh, post-game threads, even more so. That's where things can get interesting at times. The talk of Delvin Cook, unlikely to play versus the pack, I posted. Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, says definitely... Makes the matchup harder, but we've still got a decent chance. A lot more pressure on Cousins, yep, unfortunately, to get the receivers going. And hopefully, Madison will be ready to go. And yeah, he was not ready to go. He was not. Oh, now we got something popping up. Madison, not ready to go, unfortunately, at the end of the day. Mark Carlson says, next man up. And, yeah, well, boom. Yep. <laughs> Yep, now we get to the uh in-game thread. Lots of conversation back and forth. I was frustrated saying so much for 12 and 4. This is probably how the first round playoff game will go as well. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says yelp because if Adams is running wild, then Mike Thomas is going to have 30 receptions. I think so too. Yep, Michael Thomas of the Saints possibly against the Vikings. That is going to be something else. Mm-mm. Yeah, Adams did make a lot of catches in the game, didn't he? 13. 13 catches, 16 targets. So it's not like the past defense or Minnesota was great, but again, it broke in the second half because, well, the first half was holding things together while the offense wasn't doing jack and not capitalizing on golden opportunities. Cedric Paulding was uh, early on in the show was saying, uh, the game, I mean, was saying, can we just agree to call the, pu- the puke bowl? Both teams look like crap and don't look like to be going anywhere, but home for the holidays. Saints, Niners, and C Chick is going to eat our NFC North lunch Dang, just we just can never peak at the right time, like ever, going back to 1966. Ain't that the truth? Yep, and Dave Vicky says, right on point. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of star candidates on this episode. You know, I think uh, Gerald String should probably be one. Yep, really early, Sebastian, I was like, you're posting it already? Wow, and I was saying, yeah, because, I don't know, I had a feeling things were going to get busy for me later on in the day, too. So, luckily, I was able to get home on time. That's the thing. I was able to get home on time. So, still caught everything I needed to catch. Everything. And, yeah, well, here we are. Todd Bannermay was saying, I just hope they come out and play like they have to win. Not just not just to get by. Zimmer is famous for not having the team ready. And, well, <laughs> yep. Uh, Dave Hickey was saying, it's always re for holding on touchdowns. I bet it's happened five times this year. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Kurt Back, out of Lakeville. Dave Hickey, out of Iowa. Todd Vandermeer is out of Indiana. Dave Hickey, Iowa. Kurt Back, late, uh, White Bear Lake part of he says, Reef sucks balls. <laughs> Mark Carlson says, I don't have anything new to add, but I feel very let down. And I, I do too, Mark Carlson, Iowa. Brett McCarthy, Brett McCarthy, in-game legend, says, he he's out of South Dakota, he says, this is it. Come on, offense, fourth quarter, let's go. Yep, <laughs> a lot of back and forth conversation there. Todd Vanderme says, "Wow, the offense looks awful, and that was early. And it kept on that way." Brett McCarthy, there it is. Skull, Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's shred some cheese. Yep, but unfortunately, that just didn't happen. Yep. Carol Spring loved it when uh, when he says, "The holy smokes, Hunter had some close had some close speed." Yes, he does. Todd Vandermeer was saying we should have got the seven, and yes, that was at the beginning. Leland was saying they need to fire bugger. I cannot stand him. Leland also out of Iowa. Cedric Paulding says, it's sad. It's just sad how unprepared we were tonight. And that's a fact. That is a fact. Leander Schieffer says, this is painful to watch. Oh, and nine. And that is Monday Night Football for Kirk Cousins. Well, I guess seven first downs is something. <laughs> Leander Schieffer, thank you for that. That's true. Brett McCarthy says, that's it. Good night, all. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, Brett McCarthy. Uh-huh. Apologize for not responding at the time. Uh, not liking the offensive play calling he was saying. Shelby Lund says Cousins is a dipstick I hope they fire Zimmer this season after he went to the playoffs just like he did the like case yep it's getting really frustrating Yep, and Gerald Swing was saying oh I forgot about Harris how was he not in the Pro Bowl what a season and I agree with that Gerald 100% I think he's fantastic. Six interceptions now Cedric Pauling was saying we have to score this drive the defense needs to catch their breath and that's not what was happening Cedric Paulding was saying how oh, Stefanski needs to get it together. Oh, man, utter frustration over and over and over from everyone. Yeah, Sebastian was saying "Oh, there's only two first downs in the first half. Two. Crazy, crazy. And no PIs were called. Oh, man. Todd Vandermeer was saying how oh, it's getting worse. Yep. And it really was. One thing after another. Terrible interception by Cousins, and you could just go on and on and on. Let's get to the postgame thoughts, if humanly possible. And thank you guys for the in-game threads there. That was awesome. Whoa, game looks really busy here. Yeah, let's just get to that now. Better roll here. There we go. Mark Carlson says, yeah, and I agree with this. <laughs> Mark Carlson, Iowa, says, Worst performance all year, especially by the offense. Given all the Green Bay turnovers, Yes. We should have ruled the game. We need Lightning and Thunder back. Merry Christmas to you, Joey, and all members of the Purple Mafia worldwide. And Merry Christmas to you, Mark Carlson from Iowa, always. Cedric Baldick says, Merry Christmas to you also. And Mark responds back, Merry Christmas, Cedric. Yep, awesome. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, Cousins is so inconsistent. Sometimes he looks like a hall of famer, and sometimes he looks like a middle schooler. I I don't understand him, and I don't either. I don't either. That's why I don't think the team is going to do a whole lot with him as the quarterback. It's baffling and frustrating, uh, Tony. It really is that uh, he has the special skills to be a great quarterback, but I don't know what it is. It's just not there. It's just not there when you need it most. And I don't know. I guess he's the perfect Viking quarterback when it comes to the playoff frustrations over the over the the years and decades. Now, I mean, we're talking you know decades and decades of. Guys that uh, are where we're good, but then here's the big game and here's the big mistake or or beyond. Leland Albertson says no run, no win, no blocking the rush, no win. Next week's game is a wash. Who cares? And yeah, yep, just don't get hurt. Basically, I mean, if you're ten and six, 11 and five, it's the same seed. You're going to play the same team regardless of if it's the Saints, the Packers, or who knows. But those are the most likely teams the Vikings will be playing. And I don't know. Brett McCarthy says no, no run game. Line can't pass block it, but I'll keep saying it. Piss poor pass protection. Yep, I'm going to probably call the show that. Something like that, or the four P's. <laughs> Bad play calling on offense. Cousins was under duress all night. They were missing Cook big time. Defense kept them in for as long as they could. Kendrick's embargo down. It was over. The pack went right after that area and won. Honestly, I don't know about the coaches on this team anymore. and I, I don't either. Uh, I like Stefanski generally. I like Kubiak generally. I'm tired of the... Uh, I don't know. I'm getting tired of some of the same old thing though right now. It's scary because you never know who you're going to bring in. If they're going to be better. I mean, you don't want to bring in a Matt Patricia type, if you know what I mean. So, just, just don't hire a New England coach. Just don't hire a New England coach. That, that's a start. Brent Jacobson out of the Lakeville area says, I grudgingly congratulate the Packers on their division championship and the win, but I think I'd like the chance at a rematch at their place of Cook and Madison. I do, too. I, I think the Vikings might have a better chance, believe it or not, as weird as that sounds, because you can't beat the same team three times. You can't beat the same team three times. You remember when the Vikings beat up the Bears twice in 94? Well, and then you have Steve Walsh, of all people, come in and beat the not only beat the Vikings, but destroy them in our house. We were the number three seed that year behind uh, San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys back in 94. San Francisco end up winning the whole Super Bowl that year pretty easily. Yankee, there we go, from Brooklyn Center, returns for the first time in a while. Thank you, Vikings, for taking a shit on their fans for a Christmas gift. Maybe if it was any other team but the Packers in our house and the amount of opportunity they gave the offense that could not convert for anything. Blame goes to the whole offense, including the coaches. Amen. Amen. That's why the uh, Ponder Award goes to the offense and the play calling. Yep, I I agree there, 100%. Yankee. So let's move on. I'm trying not to cough to death. I apologize. Still not feeling my best. i struggling a bit here, uh, health-wise, but I'll make it. right. Cedric Paulding says, I'm just in awe of how terrible and unprettired we look tonight. Me too. Tanae Brown, New Zealand, says, honestly, and yep, Cedric is out of Mississippi, if I didn't mention that earlier on this show. Uh, Tonight says, honestly, this was a throwaway game after the first quarter. Would have been nice to get a win, but on uh, let's see, but one way but uh, he was, he. oh, okay, I see what happened, but no way Green Bay loses next week. Stay healthy and make moves in the playoffs. Yep. Yep, I, I hope so. Yeah, because Green Bay's not going to lose. Today, Detroit. Detroit stinks. I mean, stinks. Mike Fellers, Stu Evans says, well, we quite frankly don't deserve the playoffs. It says, our friends didn't even show up. Our friends didn't even show up. Gerald String says, Gerald Spring out of Nebraska, if I didn't mention that. Smell still happens to South Dakota. Uh, what can I say here? No fire or will to even make a game of this. Just disappointing again, and there's a bit more coming. And he says, how can this team expect to do anything in the playoffs? The main takeaway is this team and cousins can't show up when it really matters. Should a team this inconsistent really be in the playoffs? No. No will to rise to the occasion. And I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, jeez. Kevin me, says, Gerald, uh, time for a coaching change? It all starts at the top. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm not. Cedric Pauling says, I'm so depressed after watching this game. Jesse Ball jumps in and says, I had a bad feeling when we were gifted those uh-huh turnovers early and couldn't get the touchdowns. I don't understand why when Cousins is under pressure, the receivers aren't looking for the ball earlier. Seems like common sense. That being said, I hated the play calling today. And yeah, there were times when Cousins would throw the ball, and like was it Irv Smith or whoever, they didn't even turn around. They didn't even turn around because he had to get rid of the ball. It would have been a completion if the player turned around. It's just I don't know. I get it. It's a combination of everything. It's a combination of everything, you know. I mean, maybe they're looking to go a little deeper. But sometimes at least turn around, hope for something, have a clue of what's going on, rather than just being like a robot running forward. Oh, Soul Star Thomas jumped in here at the end, it looks like, a couple times. Hopefully. Yep, okay, well, let's get back. Todd Vandermay says, is Kubiak helping Stefanski at all? Time for some coaching changes. Todd Vandermay, Indiana, yep. Cedric Paulding was saying they both need to go, like, tonight. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ooh, oh, my. The old cousins showed up, says Celestar Thomas, out of South Carolina. Actually, it's, uh, well, originally South Carolina. He's uh, in Hawaii at this point. Uh, Trey Buckle says, how so? He didn't have any time to throw. That kind of rhymed. That's funny. star Thomas responds with, he won't get any time either. Not when you make, not when you can't make a playoff script. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Bonnie Wald says, typical Cousins, expected outcome. If anyone else thought we'd win this game with Cousins, we're delusional. Well, I thought so. Uh, yeah, Trey Buckholz says, this was on the line. Everyone could could see he had no time. Yep, yeah. I mean, I think the O-line is a big part to blame too, Trey. So, yep. Um, it's kind of everything, but yeah. Uh, what does he say? This was on the line. Everyone could see he had no time. When he did have time he made some great plays. Can't put it on him. And I put it on the whole offense, generally speaking. Let's see. Todd Vandermeer. Ah, interesting. Let's see what he posted here. So, apparently it made uh, Cedric Pauling laugh. Hopefully this doesn't change up too much. I think it just did. Doggone it. <laughs> Let's see what happens, though. Something went wrong. Well, it was a, it was a doggy, doggy thing. Doggone it. Oh, playoffs. Yep, that's what, it's, that's what it's related to. Oh, it was there and it went away playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? <laughs> yeah, don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> well, we're in, but yeah, we'll talk playoffs while we can, I guess. Hopefully hopefully this is just a, a bad day and things get better, but I don't know. I'm not uber uber uh, confident at this stage. Cedric Paulding said, I needed that laugh. Mm-hmm. Todd Vandermeer responds with, Yes, I really wanted that win. I'm so tired of being let down. We are definitely the better team, but they always seem to lose the games that they should and need to win. Fifty years of letdowns. I've also watched four Super Bowl losses. Ooh, drops yep, so Todd Bowmer is one of those guys who's the hit legit. Been there for it all. Been there for it all. Him and uh, guy. Him and Gerald String. I believe Mark Carlson maybe as well. They're they're from the real the real days. See, I'm from the NFC title losses, like '87. Uh, then all the, see that's the other heartbreaking thing too. See, it's like you lose the Super Bowls in the seventies; they were close together, which still obviously it sucks losing, and you want to win so bad. But then, what was so heartbreaking and sad about the Minnesota Vikings in the coming years? You get to the NFC title game in eighty seven, and think think about it; they hadn't gotten that far. Actually, they did get to one in the late. I think it was like late 70s, right? But they lost, obviously. But yeah, it was about 10 years later, 87, one way or another, about 8, 9, 10 years later, and they lost. And then 11 years later, Vikings finally get back in 98, they lose. Now, miraculously, it only was a two-year wait in 2000. That's the one time you got right back and then get absolutely demolished. And then it's nine years later, demolished 41 Donut. Yes, New York Giants. And then... uh, And then, of course, uh, 17, all those years later, long, long wait. Or no, 2009, pardon me. Get absolutely heartbroken in a game you absolutely had a million times. If you didn't fumble five bleeping times and your running back looked like his fingers were made out of grease. I mean, we're talking grease. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it's not butter fingers, it's greased fingers. There was there were no fingers at all, Looked like ghost fingers. I mean, really? And then, of course, 2017 was another demolition, just who, after a good drive, it was crap the rest of the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. A rainy day in Philadelphia. That's what it was. So I feel for guys like Todd Vandermeer that have seen everything. Not only the heartbreaking and crappy NFC title games, heartbreaking against the Redskins, heartbreaking against Atlanta, heartbreaking against the Saints, crappy against the Giants, crappy against the, uh, the uh, Eagles. And I believe crappy against the Eagles back in 80-ish, I think it was. So like can said, one more run there. They, they, they got... Further along, the NFC title and lost back in the late, like end of the uh, end of the seventies, basically, as a lot of the old guys were moving on. So lots of, uh, but then they got further and further apart from each other too. You have to wait like eight, nine bleeping years just to get back, and then it's another loss. It's just oh, you can't take any more. Two thousand nine was ten years ago now. Two thousand seventeen feels like I don't know, I don't know. A lot of the players are still here, the coach is still here, blah blah blah. But I don't know, they weren't even competitive. For the Vikings in that game. It was crap. It really was at the end of the day. It's going to be tough to pass out some stars, but I think I want to give the gold to uh, I mean, yeah, I have to give it to a couple of people, don't I? I'm going to give the gold star to two people. Especially that final comment there with, uh, yeah, Todd Vandermeer. I want to give both yeah, I mean, I was going to give Vandermeer a star anyway, but I got to give him a gold, man. I mean, Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana, gold star along with uh, Mad Martin Dave Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of uh, Northern Scotland. You guys are going to bring in the gold. Yep, absolutely. And it is Christmas. Uh, Gerald String is going to bring in a silver, gold-plated silver. He's going to share that with Cedric. And at the end of the day, yeah, Todd's got to get a gold, man. Yep, and he he is getting it. Um, And then at the end for the bronze, let's see, Todd Bandermade. Who who got the silver? Now I'm blanking. I believe it was Gerald String. Yeah, yeah, Gerald String gets the silver, and he's going to share it with. He's going to share it with Stedrick. Gerald and Stedrick are going to get the silver. And bronze is going to be Bre- uh, Brett McCarthy, and Yankee. That was a pretty good quote there by Yankee as well. Ah, some good thoughts at the end of the day. And Jesse Ball's got to bring in one too. Jesse Ball's got to bring in a, a bronze. The one comment, but really good. Really good uh, comment back there for uh, Jesse Ball as well. He's got to at least bring in a, a bronze. So thank you guys so very much. Todd Vendermay, awesome in the, the whole time. Obviously Brett McCarthy is is you know he is the blood of this show. When it comes to the uh, the Facebook, uh, he is the uh, yep he's the blood of that in game thread and the post game thread. He's just awesome. So I, he's going to get a star just you know, all the time. And of course uh, Mad Martin always as well. Twitter just rules that Twitter. He's so awesome obviously love all of you that post on Twitter as well. Can't thank you enough. Thank you. I can't thank you guys enough for uh, always being a part of this show, keeping me going uh, throughout another season. Whether it's disappointing or not, at least we're here. We're still Viking fans. We're still uh, enjoying some football, enjoying some conversation, enjoying our friendship, and that's what it's all about. Man, Christmas season is here once again. It comes way too fast every single year. It just blows by like nothing. It's like a vapor. Life is like a vapor isn't it it's just it's just there and and it's just like that it seems like yesterday I was 28 years old starting purple mafia now I'm 40 so crazy I wasn't even 30 yet now I'm 40 it's absolutely crazy uh, like I talked about Christmas memories this and that in the past shows looking at the tree and everything and it just all comes and goes so fast like yeah. I always talked about the 92 Christmas the 91 92 Christmas I got Mega Man 2. Finally got a Mega Man game. After I adored Mega Man 3 so much, I got Mega Man 2 at least. Brand new, you know, still brand new, even though it came out three years earlier. Perfect condition, obviously, because it was brand new. Still sealed and everything. And I still, oh, I love Mega Man 2 so much. I have so many memories. I always play Mega Man 2 every year as we head into December and Christmas season because of just that memory. I don't know what it is, but it's just such a good memory. Even though that, those days weren't the most positive in terms of my, my quote-unquote friendship status in the classroom back in the day when I was you know middle schooler back then. I wasn't a popular kid at the time, but I was well-known, but I wasn't popular. that Let's just put that in. Let's just, uh, just read between the lines of that one. Things got better a year later or so, but it was uh, still such a memorable time for some strange reason. And, of course, going way back into the mid-'80s and even early-'80s, those were some of the greatest memories ever. Christmas Eve was always so exciting. Oh, God. And the anticipation. Wow, is it going to be the NES this year? Is it going to be the Nintendo? Oh my God, the Christmas of 88, 89. <laughs> yeah, there it was, the Nintendo. Nintendo Entertainment System. Again, came out a couple years earlier, three, four years earlier, but who cares? It was brand new. It was ours. It was our first real game system. We had a, a Pong machine for a while that broke down. The freaking wire shorted out. What the hell? I, I still don't know what actually happened. I don't know what we did. It was a Pong machine. I think it was Unisonic. Oh, but it was a Pong machine. We're talking mid-70s, like ancient history stuff. Pong machine. I didn't know what Pong was, but I, then I kind of knew what it was. Because, you know, the, the glowing sticks, the doot, 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 doot You know, it started by Atari back in 72, Nolan Bushnell, all that good stuff. Then he NES. Oh, 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 Mario, Super Mario, Duck Hunt, and then we got a, a pack of games. I mean, that was an expensive Christmas from our parents. I couldn't believe how, how generous they were that year. It was unbelievable because this was back then. You know, I mean, those games were not, it, you didn't go to, you know, you, you didn't get them off eBay for $5 back then because, so, well, obviously their value has increased since. But like years ago, you could get some of those games off eBay for 5 bucks, like Rad Racer, Spy Hunter, Breakthrough, uh what was the other one? Rad Racer, Spy Hunter, Breakthrough. Obviously, Mario Duck Hunt. There was a, the original stick. It's just like the NHL. Oh, boy. Now I'm blanking. Bike? No, that was after. That was like that was after. Top Gun was after. Doggone it. <laughs> I'll get it back at some point. It's a missing one. It's a mystery. Mario, Duck Hunt, Spy Hunter. I don't know. Rad Racer. RC pro M. Breakthrough. Yep, RC Pro-Am, if I didn't mention that. Breakthrough. Those are the original six. RC Pro-Am. What a fun game that was. My brother loved the racing games, and I liked Spy Hunter and Mario, blah, blah, blah. And Duck Hunt kind of had its appeal for a little while, but, yeah, Duck Hunt would get old pretty quick. <laughs> Even though it's fun, it's just the same thing. Over and over and over. Oh. <laughs> Some good memories, though. Oh, man. I always appreciated my parents' generosity back then. I mean, you you have to look back and realize how generous some of your parents were, you know. These days, parents spoil their kids with these stupid smart devices when they're like a little kid. That drives me insane. Video games are one thing, because you can kind of interact with everybody. Freaking smart devices, it's like, get away from me. This is all about me. Stay away. I'm just, I'm looking at this, and I'm not going to pay attention to anybody else. So, yeah, it's a different generation, and I think it's for the worse. That's just my opinion. God bless you, though. God bless you. No offense to anybody. I mean, we all have our smart devices. And, uh, well, without smart devices, most of you wouldn't be listening to the podcast because uh, you wouldn't be sitting in front of a computer, you know, staring at the computer all day, listening to me talk. It's better to be doing something else while listening, you know, mowing the lawn. If it's summer, uh, you know, Timberwolves explosion, Pearl Mafia, whatever, brave the wild, um, sweeping the floor, vacuuming the floor, maybe you're wearing something with sound protection so you can actually hear the show, whatever it is, uh, doing dishes, you know, that's what podcasting is all about. It helps you pass the time. That's what I'm here to do, help you pass the time. And uh, God bless America, God bless Christmas, God bless all of you. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, and respect to those of you that uh, also celebrate those holidays, so God bless all of you. And of course, you know, to me, you know, Judeo-Christian, all that, I mean, Hanukkah, Christmas, you know, it's kind of, you know, there's kind of, there's a kind of a connection there, obviously, so obviously there's a connection there, so it is what it is at the end of the day. God bless all of you, Merry Christmas, and God bless everyone, like tiny, tiny Tim would say in in the Christmas Carol. Well, hopefully the Vikings can defeat the Chicago Bears, and hopefully uh, we can uh, have some type of success in the postseason or heads will roll one way or another. Who who knows? Who knows of this franchise? We'll see what happens next week. We'll see who we play. We'll preview the postseason like we always do, and go 49ers, go Vikings, go Patriots, but go Vikings first, of course, and after that, uh, well, we'll enjoy the month of January one way or another, keeping up with the postseason. Until then, take care, and we'll talk about New Year's. Oh, goody, which isn't nearly as interesting as Christmas, but, well, some of you like it more than others, I guess.